My, 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 said the spider to the fly. Hello, you found me. <laughs> and I found you. And we are on an adventure. Beginning golf for beginners and underprivileged personnel. Yes, that is the amazing reason why I, Nathan Lamonte James, a licensed golf instructor of 20 years, started this podcast so that beginners and underprivileged personnel can have the advantage. Always take advantage of the advantage. Now, let's get started. We have so much to cover. Number one, how to keep score. Oh, I love I love it when someone, beginners, uh, uh, underprivileged, anyone, people that's been playing for a while and just didn't know, uh, which means, I'm sorry, I'm excited to talk to you, but the people watching television, or what, you know what they do? They walk by the TV, they see the golf being played, someone might be watching it or, you know, and then they say, I don't understand the score. What are they doing? Why, you know? And so if, if, if I can get you to understand the score here today, that would be a blessing and uh, of this whole amazing podcast and, and episode. So number one, how to keep score. Okay. In golf, there are three types of holes, a par three, a par four, and a par five. Now, par is part of the lingo. We'll get to that. Par means even. In other words, oh, I'd love for you to know this. Whoever built the golf course gave you three chances to put the ball in the hole on a three, par three. That's even. They gave you four chances to put the ball in the hole on a four, par four, even. And they gave you five chances to put the ball in the hole on a par five. That's even. That's par. And you know what that person that built that golf club is saying to you? You are good. If you can par their holes on the, if you can par the course, you are good. If I built a golf course, I'm going to build it so hard that I don't think anyone can par my course. So you see, it's, it's no malice in golf, meaning no negativity, no no. And that's coming from your coach. I don't know about anyone else, any other instructors or anything like that, but there's no malice in go-go golf and Coach James. But if you go in with malice, you're coming out with malice. That's why there's no golf in my instructions. Excuse me, no malice. Here we go. So the person that built the golf course said, I'm going to give you three chances to put the ball in the hole on a three, four on a four, and five on a five. And if you do that, you'll get what's called a par, which is a, uh, a letter E for even. Par, even. That means it took you three chances on a three, four on a four, and so on. Okay, now, if you, if it takes you two chances to put the ball in the hole on a three, that means you're better than the person that created the golf course, that hole. Because he gave you three chances and you only used two of them. So he has to give you a reward, which is called a birdie. And the symbol is a minus one. 
See, zero separates the good from the great. So zero is even. So if you, if you, if you, if you, I'm so excited talking to you. We have a lot to cover and I'm glad you're here. You're going to love this. I am, this is what I was born to do. Okay. So if it takes you two chances to put the ball in the hole on my par three, I'm going to reward you with one under. That means you did it in one less than I expected you to do. That's a minus one. And the 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 the, the name for that is a called the birdie. A minus one is a birdie. A minus two is an eagle. A minus three is a double eagle. And that those are good for you. Now, if if it takes you one swing to get in the hole on my par three, that is what we call a hole in one, but it also means that you only use one swing and you have two left over, that's a minus two, that's an eagle. Another nickname is a hole in one. But you see, I gave you three chances to get in the hole. You hit the ball one time, it went in the hole, so I'm gonna reward you with the two that you didn't use. You're really good on that hole. So that's two under. That's an eagle, and it went in, that's a hole in one. Wow, you're great. Now, there's no malice, so let's let's go on the other side of the zero, on the other side of the E, the even. If I give you three chances to put the ball in the hole on a par three, and it takes you four tries, that's a plus one. That means you, that's one, it took you one extra stroke to get in the hole. So that's what's called a bogey. That's nicknamed a bogey, plus one. So you see, pluses are bad, but no malice. And minuses are good, rewards. And because the, the, the bogeys and the, the pluses are not bad because when you finish your scorecard, you, you look for the bogeys on all par threes, all par fours and all, you separate them in three groups, par fives. And those bogeys, those pluses tell you where you need to start working to bring those pluses down to even or minuses. So there's no malice. It's just the scorecard shows you that it took you four chances on a three, you bogey. It took you five chances on a four, that's a bogey. It took you six chances on a five, that's a bogey. That's a plus one, you know? So let's uh, reiterate because I'm, I'm, I'm just teaching you how to keep score here. You have, uh, you have three chances on a three to, 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 to even the hole. That's a par and you're good. You have four chances on a four and five chances on a five to even to par. And if you par my course, if I have a 72 hole course, and you par my course, and you have you shoot a score of 72, you parred my course. You're good. You know, and uh, that that's amazing. Okay, let's move on because that'll 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 just that's enough right there. You know, we have so much to get to. You're the reason I breathe. Number two, 
Why do they wear golf shoes? For safety reasons. You know, a lot of my students say, hey, coach, why do I have to buy golf shoes? And I can use it. And I have to explain to them that it's safety. Safety first, always. You need your golf shoes because when you're trying to make golf swings, the whole golf course is rarely level. The driving range is always level. But the, the golf course is rarely level and it's slippery and it's, it's dangerous. So the golf shoes are designed to give you traction. You know, on the side, you know, the grass is wet, the sun is coming, you know. It's really unsafe out there not to have some golf shoes on. So I'm not a fan of spending an enormous amount of money for golf shoes, but get you some safe golf shoes. You know, any type of, of uh, working golf shoes are better than no golf shoes. Safety first. So that's why they wear the shoes. Now, why the glove? You know, it, it, most of my students, before they get my philosophy of effortless golf, they, they're thinking about money, money, money. So that's why they ask these kind of questions. So they say, well, what is the glove for? Why do I have to buy a glove? Why do gloves cost so much? <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. Yes, the reason why you need the golf club is because the golf clubs have grips on them, but all the grips are not the same kind of grips. You see, there's a, 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 a certain kind of grip on your putter, certain kind of grip on your, on your irons, a certain kind of grip on your woods, may even be a different kind of grip on your driver. How good do you want to be? But the glove, the glove gives you the same type of feel on different kinds of grips. You see, you have rubber grips, you have uh, polypropylene grips, you have ridges, ridged grips. There's all kinds, believe me, there's a million kinds of textures. But when you put that glove on, it, it you, you get the feel all the grips kind of feel basically the same. So you have the same kind of pressure. The glove allows you to, to the glove helps because if you didn't have the glove on and you felt a different texture on your golf club, say your putter or your wedge or your irons or your woods or your hybrids or your driver, you would use too much pressure. And we don't like tension and pressure. So the glove gives you kind of the same feel on all your clubs. Of course, you don't need a glove on all your clubs, but you need it like on the drivers and the long clubs and the mediums. You know, when you're from the fairway, that's when you kind of use the glove. Definitely use it off the tee so the club doesn't slip out your hand and so forth. When you're driving, you know, traction. But uh, I, I teach effortless golf, so you don't need the golf club all the time, you know, every time. Uh, excuse me, I'm saying the golf glove. Okay, let's move on. We got so much to go. The glove is there to give you a great feel. All right, number four. Uh, when I speak, mostly I speak about right-handed golfers, but if you're left-handed, just, you know, just know that uh, for you it's the opposite. So the outside arm, for right-handers, the outside arm is the left, the left arm. And it's, 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 it's reversed for the lefties. The outside is the right. Now, what does that mean? 
That means that when you swing, your your left arm can freely move towards the, the flag, the target. But your right arm, which is the inside, has to come across your body. Your body is blocking your right arm. It, it can't freely uh, uh, swing towards the target. If you if you stood on the driving mat, on the yeah, driving mat and you uh, lift your left arm up towards the flag, it just easily points to the flag. Your body probably wouldn't even move. But if I ask you to point to the flag with your right arm, your inside, you would have to come across your body and turn to point to that flag. So you see? So the outside is, is, is basically what you're playing golf with. Okay. Uh, the outside is free, free to the target. The inside is restricted. Okay, number five. We're getting there. Uh, I got to explain to you what the golf clubs are and what they're used for and so forth. Okay. This is so wonderful. Okay. The golf clubs are long, medium, and short. Now, what that means is uh, they have numbers on them and letters and, and, and they're self-explanatory if you know what the, the numbers and the letters and the symbols mean. Now, there's uh, different kinds of, of golf clubs, meaning that there are, are driving woods, fairway woods, hybrid woods, and then there are irons and uh, wedges and putter. So you see, okay. But this is this is the uh, interesting part. The longest driving wood is a one wood, and that is called nicknamed the driver, the big the big dog. Let the big dog eat the driver, you know, the big boy, because one is the longest and furthest uh, uh, in golf. That's where we start. The longest club in your bag is your one. One wood or your one iron. You see? Now the one wood was replaced by the big head driver. You know, kind of went out of style a little bit. But one, you know, the driver is, that's a nickname, it's still the one wood, it's the longest wood. And then next is the two wood, three wood, four wood. And what happens as the numbers go down, the club gets shorter. So the two wood is shorter than the one wood. The three wood is shorter than the two. The four is shorter than the three. The five is shorter than the four, like that. It's not confusing, it's just the way it is. You, you'll get used to that. Because you now you know that one is the longest. And your one iron, your one iron, which was nicknamed driving iron, you know, one iron is the longest iron. Two iron is shorter than the one. Three iron is shorter than the two. You know, five iron is shorter than the three. You know, seven iron shorter than the five, nine iron shorter than that. But here's the thing. Uh, effortless golf. You try to have the same swing, different club. That way you can control the ball. In other words, if you're standing on the tee box and you want to hit a long iron, you want to hit a one iron or a two iron, three iron, you swing through it effortlessly, no problem. But... You get out there, and now you, the distance calls for you. Oh, yeah, I got to tell you about the distance for the club. 
and the, the distance calls for you to hit a seven iron. Well, use, use the same swing, the same tempo and balance that creates rhythm, control, confidence, and fun, effortless. You use that same effortless swing that I'm going to teach you in this podcast, and you just change the club. So you hit a one iron, a three iron off the tee. Now you need a seven iron. You use the same swing, different club, and that's what you know. That's what the numbers are for. So the distance of the clubs, the one, the one distance of the woods and the irons are the longest distance of your effortless swing. If you need long but but shorter than that distance, then you use the same swing, and you use a three iron or three wood. You see. If you need medium iron, a medium iron or medium wood or hybrid, you use the same swing and you use a different club. You control the ball and it goes shorter distances. So the clubs get shorter and shorter. Now, let's talk about the wedges. We don't really need to talk about the putter because the putter is unique. It's a putter. It's one of a kind in your bag. And uh, we'll talk about that. I, I have... A lot, lots and lots of about putting. You know, listen to that podcast. The putter is unique, but your wedges are different, and I'm going to tell you why. Now, the wedges used to have numbers on them a long time ago. You see, your nine iron is where you stop your your short irons, and then the next one after that was called the ten iron, which is now a pitching wedge. So you see what they did. The, the, the wedges went from 10, 10 iron, 11 iron, 12 iron, 13, you know, it's too much. So they changed the 10 iron to a pitching wedge, you know, and the 11, they changed the numbers to letters. So there's a P, your nine is the, is the lowest number you're gonna have in your bag. You know, uh, one iron, two iron, all the way down to the nine iron, you know? But after that, it changes to letters. You got a P for pitching wedge, an S for a sand wedge, uh, F for a flop wedge, L for a lob wedge, G for a gap wedge. You see? Okay, no problem. But my wonderful lady professional golfer, Annika Sonstan, she said you never swing a full wedge. And what she's telling you there is that if you have the same swing on your wedges, the different letters will cause the ball to go different, uh, you can control it and it'll go different distances. In other words, you don't have to have a, she said never hit a full swing on a wedge. So that means that no matter which wedge I hand you, if you have a wedge swing, you know, a half swing for all your wedges, the ball will be controlled and drop in at different distances. Same swing, different club. Ah, okay, so we talked about all the clubs. Every club is for distance. You have the same swing, distance, uh, uh, I'm excited. Same swing, different club. Okay. Yeah. Yes, this podcast here is long because you're a beginner or underprivileged personnel. And this is, is, is what you need. You're here and, and I'm here. You know? And patience is a part of the game. As a matter of fact, it's the. When I get you finished and you get to playing golf or even understanding it, you can you'll be at it for hours and it, it'll be relative. It'll seem like minutes. Okay, so 
I explained to you the golf clubs. You know, now let's move on to number six. Now, uh, here it is. The way that you're brought into the golf game. You know, once you uh, master one through five, now I'm bringing you into golf. There's two ways and probably a lot more, but, you know, two ways that are really disastrous. Uh, if, if, if someone brings you into golf trying to live their excitement through you, that's terrible for you. It may be fantastic and great for them, but it's probably going to be, you know, stressful and terrible for you. They're living through you because all of a sudden, oh, I'm sorry, all of a sudden you can, you're winning things with the, with your golf game. They brought you in or with this and the other. And they, 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 they want you to play all the time. They want you to win all the time. They want you to, you know, it, it may not be what you want to do. You know, so the way that you're brought in, if someone's living their life through you, that may not be good for you. And the second way that's terrible is if you're brought into golf under the umbrella of money, you know, winning money, you know, or competition or something like that. Golf is a game of relaxation. You know, and the difference between a game and, game and a competition is you have to have an official. So golf can be a competition, but you need officials. Someone to say that you're right on the rule or you're incorrect. You're correct on the rule or you're incorrect. So see, that's not a game. That's a competition. Whenever you have an official and, or, or, you know, umpire or you know a, a rules judge or something like that that's not a game anymore that's a competition and that's wonderful that hits television people love to see that but if you're a, a beginner on the privilege and bring, you're coming in and someone brings you in wanting you to beat everyone and win and win monies and trophies and you know hey 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 that's competition and that's money you know that's not a game because they're talking about officials. Okay, you can never lose at a game, but you can sure lose at a competition. All right, so the way that you're brought in. So I'm bringing you in effortlessly with no malice and, uh, and uh, tempo and balance creates rhythm. Rhythm creates control. Control creates confidence and confidence creates fun. I'm bringing you in to have fun. All right, let's move on to number seven. Number seven. Okay, now you need an instructor to show you how to uh, advance the ball towards the target. Ah, why did I say that that way? Because I could have said an instructor to teach you how to hit the ball. But I'm effortless golf, and, and, and my students, we don't hit golf balls. You know, uh, we swing through them, see? But most of the instructors that, I, that I've uh, seen teaching for 20 years now, they... Uh, they try to bring in the people uh, to hit the golf ball for distance searches. They see there's two types of swings. The swing you see on television is a distance swing. You know, and that's why they, they bring people in and say, hit it, hit the ball, because they're trying to get you to have the longest distance or, you know, out of the, you know, amazing, you know. But we have long drive contests on TV for that. If you want to see golf balls hit the furthest they can hit, Watch a long ball drive contest and you'll see some masters uh, at distance. But the pros, they have a distance swing. 
I don't teach that. I teach a control swing. This is the other swing. And the reason why, let me explain to you. When I bring you in, I bring you in on the control swing because I can teach 500 people at one time. I can have a golf clinic and, and you know every Friday for the whole year and teach 500 people every clinic a control swing and get them all hidden. But see, distance, you can't teach but one or two students. If you're really good, maybe three. And you have to stay with that one or two or three people and they have to pay you and you have to stay with them every day, all day, all year. I refuse to do that. Now, if you have that kind of money to get to find yourself an instructor, a coach that'll teach you distance and you can pay them, God bless you. But there are so many other people who don't have that money. They're mine, you know. I'm teaching them control. I get them hidden playing golf, playing golf and having fun. And I'm talking about the whole family. I can get your whole family hidden. Where all of y'all can go out and play golf the same day. You know, and have fun. Okay. So the way you're brought in, you, you know, you, the way that the uh, your instructor, you know, he teaches you a distance swing or a control swing. You know, the distance swing is for competition and money and so forth and frustration and breaking clubs. But a control swing is what I treat effortless golf and it's here to have fun and to pass down from generation to generation. Now that's worth more than money. All right, number eight. Once I've gotten you uh, to swing through the ball and I got you, uh, you know, found you your swing and everything, now we're going to play best ball together. And the reason why, you know, uh, is because of the two, the two swings, the distance swing and the control swing. What, when you see the pros on TV, they're playing stroke play. That is the hardest form of golf to play. Stroke play means that every stroke count, every minus, every plus, that means every birdie, every eagle, every double eagle, every bogey, every double bogey, every triple bogey, bogey three, bogey four. Every stroke play means that every stroke counts. And it is so hard to play on television that it takes two people to play one golf ball. The golfer and the caddy. It takes two people to play one ball to excite you. That's a hard form of golf, stroke play. But you see what I just said? If someone brings you in to golf as a beginner or a new person and they bring you in with distance and maybe you can hit the ball and this, that, and the other, and you're natural, because there's such things as a natural golf swing. But now they brought you in and they're gonna play, they're gonna bring you in and say, let's play stroke play. But guess what? You need a caddy. <laughs> and see, that's where recreation golf differs from competition golf. Yes, in recreation, we play stroke play, uh, but we don't have a caddy, and I'm talking about a real one, the one you have to pay. You know, on television, that caddy gets paid, that's their job, and they work with that golfer every day. They're there all the time. Matter of fact, the golfer is the employer, and the caddy is the employee. Ooh, it's good to be the king, right? Not the worker. Anyway, so you see, if you try to play stroke play on your own, 
that's the hardest form of golf to be playing uh, uh, in recreation. So, best ball, when, if I'm your instructor, and I'll gladly be contacting, we're gonna play, once I get you ready to play, we're gonna play best ball. That means you and I get the same exact score, you know? And that means that on the par three, if we get the ball in the hole together, working together in three tries, we par that hole. There's a three, a, a par on your scorecard and a par on mine. If it takes us two chances to get the ball in the hole, hey, we got one under. You get a birdie, you know, and 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 I get a birdie. That's a two for you and a two for me, you know. Or you can just put one under, you know. We'll use that later, you know. And if Oh, here's the best part of best ball. That's why they call it best ball. If you or I swing that first swing on the par three and one of our balls go in the hole, we both get a one. We both get a hole in one. I get half of it and you get the other half. Ain't that something? You know. You know, of course, when I if you if you actually did it, I would sign the scorecard and you would and you would go down in the record books, and if I if I did the the the, uh, the hole in one, if I if I was the one that hit the swing that hole in one, and uh, I, I I wouldn't ask you to sign for it, you know, because uh, I know I was playing best ball and I wasn't playing stroke play. That's the only thing that stroke play is good for me. I'm telling you now that I've said that. If I'm ever playing stroke play, you know. And uh, no one's asking me any questions. I'm just playing golf. And I, I'm on a par three. And I hit the ball one time. I swing. I'm sorry. I said it. That shouldn't be in that center. I swing through the ball effortlessly. Make a par three swing. And that ball goes in the hole. I'm playing stroke play. Not best ball. And I put down a one on that scorecard. And there's someone playing. You have to have someone playing with you. That person just... They know that I was playing stroke play, recreational stroke play, and they saw me swing through the ball. I hit my two iron and the ball went in the hole. They can sign my scorecard when we finish and I'll go down in history as a uh, having a hole in one. And that's the only beauty that I can gather. No malice on anything else, but stroke play has for me. Recreational stroke play, is that if, if I swing a really good effortless swing on a par three and it goes in a hole, if there's someone playing with me, they can sign my scorecard and I can get that hole in one to go into history. That's the only advantage I see, you know, for me personally, you know. But I love playing best ball, you know. Okay, uh, that, that's exciting, you know. So, oh, some of my students have uh, hole in ones. Uh, my, my, uh, my, uh, the youngest time student, he, he's only been playing three months, he has a hole in one. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. But he was not playing, I don't. I didn't teach him distance, and I didn't teach him to play for money or competition. I taught him control, and we were, we were not playing uh, best ball, we were playing uh, uh, recreational stroke play, and he swung through a pitching wedge, 85 yards in par three, and he, he turned and walked away and said, that was a golf shot. And I said, golf shot, baby. And he said, coach, that ought to be close to the hole. I said, my friend is in the hole. <laughs> and I signed his scorecard, you know. 
Okay. Yeah. Number nine. All right. We're, we're at the end. Here we are. You know, uh, it's the rule book. You know, every golf bag, you know, once, once we finish, you and I finish playing best ball and we play recreational stroke play, every golfer, now you're on your own. You know, I'm always here for you, always. But you, every golf bag has uh, should have a rule book in it. And the reason why is because you need, if you're playing recreational stroke play, even best ball, all, all the different types of, uh, of golf games are in the rule book. You know, and, and, you know stroke play, uh, um, best ball, captain's ball, uh, scramble, four-man scramble, two-man, all the different types are in, in the rule book. So every golf bag should have a rule book in, in it. And what I tell my, uh, 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 the way I bring you in with the rules is this. Please read through the rule book. You don't have to memorize it or understand everything in it. Just read through it just so that you know you read it. Because in there, you're going to find out what you cannot do. And that's how you get better at golf. If you know what you cannot do, there's no stopping you to what you can do. Go, go, golf, baby. Go, go, golf. That's how you hit. Beginners, new, I love you. Hey, send me some questions and messages and I got you. I'm so glad I was able to be your coach.